Welcome to Below the 49th, my personal pulse of the United States of America, my neighbor to the south, Below the 49th. I'm Michael A. Charbon. Today's title, Calamity in the United States. As your Canadian neighbor, it is heart-wrenching to witness the calamity that has taken place in America over the past several nights. These are apocalyptic times where America is at a disturbing crossroads of racial tension and public unrest. Yet again, another new normal for America. The horrific video of the death of George Floyd under the knee of a rogue white police officer horrified a nation of all colors and all creed. Racism in 2020 sadly still exists. This match, though, ignites a combustible nation where 40 million are out of work. Over 107,000 lay dead due to a pandemic where in a shattered economy, everybody canceled everything everywhere for over 10 weeks of lockdowns, layoffs, and the evaporation of thousands of jobs and family livelihoods. Tragic joblessness, discontent, frustration, fear, hopelessness, and depression, they rage rampant as a pandemic affects minorities disproportionately on multiple levels. These toxic ingredients create a highly flammable and volatile army of thousands of furious First Amendment right holders. They're determined to vent and demonstrate to thrust their visceral anger and frustration on American streets, protesting against racial uh, injustices and police brutality and systemic racism. By day, legitimate protesters, black and white, a real cross-section of American humanity, together calling for justice for George Floyd and a plea for change. But as a Trojan horse, guised in a racial anger by day, by night, degenerate thugs become outright lawless rioters and vandals. Vigilantes that destroy, loot, set fires, and obliterate innocent people's livelihoods, indiscriminately annihilating businesses and harming police. Then they deface and tag precious beloved national symbols of democracy and monuments. All this minimizes the legitimacy of the order of the day's protesters. I mean, like the LA riots in 92, the destruction of Ferguson and Baltimore, we now see images of Minnesota, Manhattan, San Diego, Atlanta, Chicago, Las Vegas, and many, many more as they burn. They're deeply scarred, destroyed, and looted. Is this society's vindication for a wrongful death? Is this the price that society must pay? Or is this nihilism, the rejection of all religious moral principles and the belief that life is meaningless, the selfishness of stealing and looting, having no grace, no empathy or feeling for businesses in your own community that are barely holding on? Does the suffering of so many already in pain from the pandemic deserve to be punished even deeper in the name of systemic racism? In Manhattan, businesses so vital to employ the unemployed critical to power the economy back from the deepest of depression. Those broken businesses like the glass on the boulevard are now silent, powerless, looted, severely damaged, some beyond return. This, while judicial reform in the state of New York, takes arrested looters, documents them, and releases them. No bail, no jail, no recourse, all on the same night. In this name of judicial reform, is this justice? Is this reward for those who do harm to the innocent? What the heck is happening, America? Where is the justice for the law-abiding innocent? The clear image of roaming gangs, hooded looters, cannot hide their hands or their foreheads and their legs. 
and some ask why there still is racism and prejudice. Where does it breed? Why are teenagers running out late at night past midnight in Manhattan anyways? As America witnesses and hears the voices of more black mayors, black police chiefs, black politicians, all elected and representing their constituents and their race so proudly, society applauds their achievements, celebrates their successes, elevates their prominence as they are held up as positive examples and mentors. They're icons of how society has changed and grown, moved forward as humans of all races and ethnicities, and this can indeed live as an example that all can live together. And that's the American dream, where some of the most richest sports figures, the most popular musicians, immensely popular actors, TV hosts, and cable news commentators, all the best of the best examples of their great skills, not the color of their skin, where diversity never was a factor in their achievements, where a black president stood proud and led America for two terms, is this an America of systemic racism? Is this a terrible America? Is this not what the American dream truly is all about? Folks, listen. Why then is the criminal justice system the last perceived bastion of change? Is the hard question then, how do we fix systemic criminality? You know, multiple cable news outlets show the unaltered, unvarnished images of the evening's looting TV from across America as police cars and buildings burn. Those images and individuals speak for themselves. Again, legs, hands, and foreheads don't lie. And they do not show the same level of diversity as those who marched during the day. Two American TV shows paint unvarnished stories that write themselves. The first 48 where homicide detectives try to solve tragic murders within the first 48 hours. Again and again, the story subjects show systemic drugs, systemic guns, supporting the horrific statistics of black-on-black -black gun death. These subjects and characters speak for themselves. The most popular live reality TV show in America is Live PD, where America sits in multiple police cars across multiple states, live, unedited, as officers of all colors apprehend suspects. When the cop pulls over that car at night, he can't see the occupant. But when interacting and investigating, we see vivid reminders of systemic disrespect, systemic criminality, and systemic negligence of no respect for the law. Where the overbearing incidences of suspects running, driving so erratically, where guns, drugs, and lawlessness, all live, reveal themselves, and America sees systemic criminality. How is that? Uh, what causes that? Is it fatherlessness? Is it poverty? Lack of education? Suppressed living conditions? Drugs? Lack of leadership? Yes, it's all that and much more contribute to the cause. But it's not just one color that experiences all that. Those factors also represent a cultural reality that in itself can be self-perpetuating and must within those communities, all those communities, work to break the deadly chain and lead youth out of those causes. Both rich and poor can abide by the law, carry ID maybe, don't do drugs, or steal a car, or loot. There is no lack of positive examples and mentors of those who have achieved and succeeded and provided the black, yellow, and green, and blue, all examples of success. 
Is it really a police conspiracy? Is it really a systemic criminal justice system focused on conducting against just one sector in the population because of the color of their skin? The death of George Floyd was tragic. We all witnessed the video, and racism still exists. We also watched as Manhattan burned, and it was looted, and we watched as thousands marched peacefully for change. Hope, like the sun, will rise again. There is hope in a plasma for a vaccine of COVID-19, where the first time in 50 years SpaceX Falcon 9 shows NASA the way to space, and America leads again with Space Force where the hope of renewed awareness, respect, and empathy amongst all will ring the bell of a new dawn, where a painful learning lesson has its own vaccine as America uses this horrible crossroad to begin to move together and move forward. Please like and share. Give me a comment if you wish. I thank you for those considerations. And until next time, God bless and stay safe. I'm Michael A. Charbon for Below the 49th.